while we've had some, I'm going to just jump right into it today, while we've had some, some really uh, good series, in my opinion, here at the bridge, I think this one has been my favorite. Um, words matter. Words matter. <clears throat> Taking just one word and, and going deep with it so to speak, uh, defining it, seeing how it's used within the context, within God's word. Um, as Christians, we often assume that we understand what they mean. So when we read the Bible, if we're just assuming we just read that word and then we kind of glaze right over it or go over it and over it and over again. And for me, years of going over it and over it and over it and not really even understanding exactly the real meaning of the word. And so we actually miss, and listen to me, the real message. We, we miss the, the truth uh, that is uh, the word of God, of what God's saying. So uh, but truthfully, after each, each message in this series, I, I end up reading uh, Scripture in a whole new light now. Um, good to see Jeremiah and Bobby sitting together. I never see that before. <clears throat> He's always back there in the back, and so that's neat. Great job on the bass today. Good, great job, worship team. This uh, beautiful. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> again, after each, each message, I end, up, I end up reading Scripture in this whole new way, uh, and, and new things have been revealed to me. I hope that's the way it's been for you. Uh, I hope it's been the same. It, it has made reading the Bible for me uh, more thought-provoking, um, more, more exciting, and, and more fun. And I just want to say thanks I want to say thanks for our, to our pastors for uh, putting this series together, especially Dustin, finding and studying each one of these words and, and, and selecting each one of these words um, because they've meant so much. And so today's word is sex. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to wake some of you up. I saw some of you kind of nodding off a little bit, so... Um, <laughs> did you hear that? He said sex in church. I, I, I don't know about this bridge church. Some of you, <laughs> you've never been more on the edge of your seat than when I said that. If it had been that word, we might break some records here it, on YouTube views and that kind of thing. But so we don't break any records here today. Our real word is gospel. Gospel. Do we still have some Christians in the house today? I hope we have both, to be honest with you. Um, whether you claim to be a Christian or not, I think you've probably heard the word gospel many times. But over time, uh, religious words, especially like gospel, can lose their, their power. They can lose their meaning uh, by becoming, well, almost too familiar to us. So uh, let's take a minute to rediscover what the word gospel means, okay? So first, the word gospel itself is not in the Old Testament, okay? However, the concept of gospel is in the Old Testament. Most of you know that the Bible split up into the Old and the New Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament uh, was written for, for the most part in Greek. And so it's Greek to me, right? 
Everybody knows. So here, here's how the word gospel translates in the Old Testament, all right? In the Hebrew language, it translates as biser, uh, when used as a verb, in, and, and besora as a noun. And in the New Testament, it is euangelion. I kind of like saying that, euangelion, all right? Which is kind of a compound, like a, a double word or multiple words, okay? The first one is you, and that means good, all right? And the second word, angelion, means announcement, good announcement, all right? All of these words uh, uh, mean good news, glad tidings, okay? So the, the word gospel simply means, everybody say it, good news. It's good news. Would you like some good news today? Seriously, don't, don't we need some good news today? I mean, doesn't this world need some good news so gospel, what kind of good news are we talking about here? The gospel stated in the Old Testament could have been like um, uh, glad tidings of, uh, of the birth of a son. That's good news, all right? Uh, it could be, and here's some good news, it could, be, it could have meant deliverance. Deliverance from some personal affliction. Uh, the gospel in the Old Testament could have been announcing the choice of a king, a, a royal announcement. Like when King David heard the messenger give Bisser like good news that the army was victorious in battle because that means he still rules. He's still on the throne. And then after David died, his throne is passed on to Solomon, his son. And, and when he was inaugurated the king, uh, as king in Jerusalem, a messenger spreads the besorah that a new ruler is in charge, a new king. You know what that means? It means a new way of life, a new way of life. And that's good news for Israel because Solomon was an incredible man. But more importantly, as king, he followed the God of Israel, <clears throat> And after Solomon's death came a bunch of kings that were, well, uh, all bad news. They were bad news. Their, their corruption led the nation of Israel into self-destruction. You know what? That's what happens every time. Every single time. When you don't follow God's ways, bad news is coming. Now, you mark my words... Don't mark my words. Mark his words. All right? That's, that's, that's it right there. Let me give you an idea what it was like for Israel. All right? If you can just imagine this for a second, especially when they were conquered by the Assyrians. Okay? Whenever it was rumored, just rumored, the Assyrians were attacking they were so brutal to their captives. We just sang about captives. They tortured them so horribly. Just the rumor of their attack, sometimes a whole town would commit suicide. Because they'd rather die their way than experience what was coming. The Assyrians would go in, take a city, kill a bunch of people, and the surviving women, would, they would rape them before, before killing them. I, I know this is unthinkable, but even the young girls... And then, and then they would torture even some of the young boys and then take the husbands who were prisoners of war outside the city, get this, and skin them alive. And they would take them and then they would bury them in the desert sand being skinned alive up to their necks and they would stretch their tongues out and they would drive a stake through their tongues into the, into the sand so that they would go crazy and die of thirst in the middle of the desert. And then they, listen, and then they beheaded them 
took their heads and they made a pyramid outside that city to send the message to the rest of the world. This is a city, this is a city that the Assyrians conquered. So listen to me very closely. When victory over the Assyrians was announced in Israel, it was very good news. It was good news. Now that's how gospel was translated in the Old Testament. However, during times of captivity, like I just described to you, God stepped in. Aren't you thankful for God when he steps in? God steps in and and through his prophet Isaiah gives good news to Israel. This is approximately 700 years before Jesus comes on the scene. But this is a prophecy about Jesus coming, the God of Israel himself coming to rule as king. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2. I want you to pay close attention as I read because we're going to read something very familiar to this a little bit later on in scripture, or a little bit later on in this message. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. Do you think that might have been some people that were brokenhearted after being in captivity like that? And to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Now, I want to fast forward that 700 years, all right, to Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, And it's a very familiar scripture. We hear it every year at Christmas time. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. Everybody say, All. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, which is Christos, which is the Messiah, which was the King, the Lord. Listen to me very closely. Good news. Wrapped himself in flesh just for you. Just for you. Born. And then 30 years later, they pass, 30 years pass, and Jesus appears on the scene preaching, listen to me very closely, the gospel of the kingdom of God. The good news of the kingdom of God. (laughs) I want you to say this with me, everything. Everything. Say it real loud, everything. Everything. Thank you. Everything. Jesus preached was good news. Everything, everything Jesus preached was good news. It was good news. Every time the miraculous happened, it was because they heard good news. Every time 
uh, uh, that somebody, the masses were healed, it was because they had heard good news. Every time demons were cast out, every time people were raised from the dead, every time the lame started walking or the, the mute started talking, the, uh, the oppressed filled with joy unspeakable. Uh, the time when a woman sick for 12 years had spent every dime that she had was instantly healed. It was because first there was good news. It's good news. You're not used to anybody yelling at you. Dustin and Devin, they don't do that. And I used to never. But I get excited about good news. When people turned from their sins, guys, it was because they had heard good news. Now, the religious leaders of that day preached too. But it was never, listen to me, it was never good news about God. They always presented a negative pick of God. Their news didn't, didn't set people free. It was just uh, the opposite, in fact. They, they loaded them down with more rules and more regulations. In fact, their news made the people, listen to me, fear God even. They viewed God as, as mean. They, they viewed God as, as, as hard and, and judgmental. And that's how they saw God. So since they, listen to me very closely, since they never preached good news, they never saw good results. Their preaching, in fact, as a result, their fear pushed them away from God. It pushed them away from God. Do you know what God has always wanted from you? He's always wanted from us a relationship. When's the last time you feared someone and that fear brought you even closer to that person? It just, that's not the way it works, is it? When people are afraid of God, they try to keep their distance from him. Jesus shared a parable about a man that only had one talent, and he refused to use that talent. Why? Why did he do that? Because he was scared. Because he was afraid of God. You see, fear, it, it paralyzes. It, it, it binds us. It, it, it restricts us. It, it, and ultimately, it, it destroys us. What the religious leaders of that day had, it just wasn't working. It didn't set people free. It made them afraid. It paralyzed them. They all knew about God, but they didn't know about the good news about God. So then Jesus came along, and he's reading from the exact same Bible, okay? And he's praying to the same God, same God, okay? But proclaiming good things and good news. What's up with that? And it dawns on me, do I preach what the Pharisees preached? Or do, I, or do I want to preach what Jesus preached? Because Jesus always preached good news to the people. I'm telling you, he always preached good news. When Jesus preached the good news, their faith was awakened. 
When Jesus preached the good news, their faith was ignited. Uh, 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 could someone tell me, what did Jesus say most every time after he healed somebody? It was your faith. It was your faith that made you whole. It was your faith that healed you. You see, when Jesus shared good news, their faith increased. Their hunger for God increased. Their trust for the one who once seemed so far away, who, who they once feared was wonderfully restored. When they found out that God was a good God, miracles happened. Miracles happened. <clears throat> Let's not blame the Pharisees too fast. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one that we preach to you. There are people going to church today hungry and starving for the gospel. And, and they often leave, guys, beaten down instead of lifted up and fed. Our, our religious system of today is built on the premise of an angry or mean God. And we've departed, listen, we've departed from the good news. But listen to me, listen, I want you to listen to this very closely. If it's not good news, it's not gospel. Check this out. And Paul says in Romans chapter 1, moving in a little bit of different direction here. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of the Messiah, of Christ. For it is the are you following me? It is the, it is what? It is the power. Man, I want you to think about that for a minute. For I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. <clears throat> I want to dig into this just for a second, just a little bit, okay? This says, the good news of Jesus, listen close, is the power of God. The good news is. Okay, I think I need to say this a different way so it'll sink in. Without good news, there is no power. Everybody got it? I'm going to go back to that verse, verse 16, if you could throw it up there. In verse 16... The word salvation comes from a Greek word, sozo. Okay? I want you to follow me on this. Sozo, listen very closely, is more than just the new birth. Okay? It's, it's, it's more than just meaning salvation. It does mean salvation, eternal salvation, but it means more than that. Sozo means more than that. All right? <clears throat> The gospel that Jesus and his disciples shared, the good news, did also very much mean something for the here 
in the now. Everybody say, thank God. It meant, listen to me very closely, he's the same God. It meant healing today. It meant protection today. It meant deliverance today. It meant being made whole today. It meant safety today. And so many other good things it meant. Listen, if we shy away and don't share the good news, the power of God cannot come and bring sozo into the lives of hurting people today. And that's why Jesus hoped that they'd believe that the good news that Isaiah was talking about 700 years prior to that. Now, let's just, I'll go to it, all right? Uh, uh, let's just read in the book of Luke, chapter 4, uh, verses 16 through 21, and see if this sounds a little bit familiar to you, okay? All right, and verse 16, when he came to the village of Nazareth, which was his boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read the scriptures, and the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was actually handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll, and he found the place where uh, this was written, okay? Now, this is what I want to read. This is what he read. This is what Jesus read to them that day. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Sounding familiar? For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released. <laughs> You're not getting this yet, okay? Um, 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 that, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, okay? And, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scrolls, hands them back to the attendant, and sat down. Ah, eyes are on him in the synagogue, and, and, and they're all looking at him, and he begins to speak to them, and this is what he said. He says, the scripture that you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. You see, Jesus is saying, hey, you know the good news that Isaiah prophesied about? Yeah, that's me. That's me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. They didn't like that. They didn't believe him. They thought that, well, hey, we know who you are. <laughs> You're the carpenter's son. You're Joseph's son. You grew up in this town. I know who you are. They actually tried to kill him for blasphemy, but it wasn't his time yet. But I want to go back. If you'll bring verse 19 back up on the screen, because I want to dig into this just a little bit, because... We all need to understand this. In another translation, it says um, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What did, what did he mean by that when he said that? Now, this is cool, guys, all right? So I want you to dig in. The acceptable year of the Lord, this is so awesome. The acceptable year of the Lord is the year of Jubilee. Aren't you guys excited now? Well, I guess I need to explain what that is, huh? <clears throat> now, if you get this, you're going to love it too. Here it is. Every Jew knew that the year of Jubilee was that every 50 years, I, huh, every 50 years, listen to me very closely and repeat it with me, 
all, all debts were canceled every 50 years. Are we close to that 50 year yet? Regardless of how big or how small that debt was, it was canceled. It was canceled. Now, I don't know how much debt you got, but I want you to think about it just for one minute. Close your eyes. No, don't contemplate on that. (laughs) But I want you to imagine, all right? I want you to imagine that you open the mail all in one day and the bank sends you this deed, the deed to your house, free and clear, free and clear. And then all of a sudden you got letters from 20 different credit cards, right? And all of them, zero balance. And then all of a sudden, all the loans that you got, cleared, all clear. And you're now debt-free. Everybody said amen. I mean, that's got to get an amen, right? (laughs) How would you feel? I mean, I'm just talking about monetarily here. How would you feel? What would you do? Well, I wouldn't be at work Monday. (laughs) Audrey, you better be. (laughs) Teasing. Deb? The year of Jubilee meant that 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 individual, listen to me very closely, was free from the debt. I don't know if you guys understand what free is, okay? But that's happiness right there. That's good news. And this is what was so cool, and I don't want you to miss this. It was free. The debt was canceled, and it was free without any effort on their part, without any merit on their part. It was the 50th year. Done, cleared. Debt was all canceled. And by the debt being canceled, listen to me very closely, the penalty of that death was also canceled. Every good Jew knew the penalty for breaking the law was the curse that was described in the Old Testament. And when those curses came, they knew they deserved it. Got to pay the bill. But to all those curses, to poverty, to brokenheartedness, to captivity, to blindness, to oppression. When Jesus said that the year of Jubilee has come and that he is the fulfillment of that scripture, Jesus was saying, not just for one year, no, 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 no. Not just for one year, but every year after his crucifixion and when he died on that, Christ for you, on that cross for you, I don't care what you've done or will do, the debt can be canceled. Yes. Now that should bring some praise in this building. And you can now be free from the penalty of sin. Jesus repeatedly proved that this applied to the forgiveness of your sins. Now you must get this. You got to get this. It also applies to the curse of the law. 
And that means the here and the now on this earth. The Pharisees, you see, they never believed that. They they may have loved God, but they were offended at the good news. I think the Pharisees were afraid that when people believed in the good news that they would just fall into sin, like, like give them an inch, take a mile kind of thing, you know? And I think probably unfortunately some did actually do that. But, but if you don't give them an inch, in other words, if you don't share the good news, they never get a chance. Like, like, like they, they can't develop relationship. And it isn't, it isn't relationship what he wants. The Pharisees failed to understand that the law affects the outer man while mercy and love affect the inner man. Jesus' message of forgiveness was was accused of promoting this loose lifestyle. But I want you to pay close attention. Here's what happened. The total opposite occurs, guys. With, with, listen to me, with good news, with with good news that, that Jesus preached, it caused people to fall in love with God. The good news caused people to trust the God that they had grown to dread. It, it, the good news caused them to draw near to the one that, that they were hiding from. The good news caused them to, to come out of the strongholds that had bound them up, that held them captive, the sin that they were in. Because it allows us, listen to me very closely, this is what it allows us to do, enter into intimacy with God. The good news does. Jesus' preaching of the good news succeeded where the law failed. You, you getting this by preaching and demonstrating the goodness of God, people are able to, to respond properly through love and not fear. What is your natural, listen to me, what is your natural response to goodness? What is it when somebody's good to you? What's your natural response? Well, isn't it appreciation? Isn't it, isn't it gratitude? Isn't it thanksgiving? Isn't it commitment? It's all the things, if you think about it, that make up what? Relationship. So when Jesus of Nazareth hits the public stage, He continued Isaiah's gospel, announcing the euangelion of God's kingdom. Jesus claimed that God was restoring his reign over his people Israel and over all nations. And Jesus was the one, Jesus was the one bringing it to them. Now, the euangelion, the good news about a new king in charge meant what? A new way of life. Jesus said that living in God's kingdom would mean something completely different than what you're thinking. But like any king, it meant following him, of course. But instead of charging up the hill with a sword, we put the sword down and seek peace. Instead, instead we, 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 we joyfully give instead of begrudgingly. Uh, and... and, and We radically forgive, not just our loved ones, not just um, uh, our neighbors, but Jesus said our enemies. We radically forgive our enemies. Is that what you're out there doing today? Radically forgiving your enemies? 
I want you to think about that for a moment. Some of you are in conflict right now. And you would call them your enemies, probably. But I want you to forgive them. That's what Jesus, that's the good news. Hmm. Jesus took his euangelion, his good news, to Jerusalem to confront the corrupt and the violent kingdoms of his day back then. But again, in a much different way, he did it with the power of his incredible, most awesome, generous love. He did it with love. And he lived it out. Listen to me very closely. He lived it out right in front of them as he was being executed by his enemies, receiving his crown of thorns and being mocked as a fake king. But look at his response. He responded in true royal authority by forgiving. Remember what he said? Forgive them for they know not what they do forgiving his tormentors. But make no mistake, listen to me very closely, everybody. Jesus was the one in charge on that day. Even on that day. As he, listen to me very closely, gave. He gave his life for all of our sins. Three days later, it changed everything as the true king showed that his love is even greater than death itself. And then he appears and hangs out with hundreds of his followers. And just before ascending into heaven, he tells his 12, right, that all authority in heaven and earth now belongs to him. And he tells them to spread the euangelion, the good news. And he says, spread it to the ends of the earth. And we're still doing it today. And they did. They, they're, they're writing the four accounts of, of Jesus' life called the Gospels. Jesus' followers shared the Gospel everywhere. Peter and Paul travel all around sharing the royal announcement. And while it meant it might look like um, <clears throat> the rulers of the world today are, are actually in charge and, and can do whatever that they want to do, the good news is, guys that the crucified and risen Jesus is the true Lord of this world and the real king, and he's the real king of all creation. In Jesus' kingdom, listen to me closely, the real leaders are the servants because the last are going to be first, right? And the first are going to go to the back of the line. It's where the hungry are fed and the homeless are welcomed. And love, love, love is the most powerful reality of God's kingdom. His good news actually sounds quite upside down to anyone in our culture today. But I'm telling you this, something happens when people tell the story of Jesus and then, and then, and then start living, start living like he really is the king of the world. And that's when this gospel, this good news, becomes the best news that you've ever heard. Shall we stand today?
all over this place, if you would. I'm asking out of respect for your neighbors, if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes and focus in just a bit today. If you're here today and, and you find yourself feeling like we talked about a, a captive, you're here today and you're captive, I don't care, financially, captive spiritually, captive to debt, captive uh, emotionally, captive to shame, captive to whatever, depression, captive to uh, anxiety, captive to some ailment that, that's going through your body. Jesus said, listen to me very closely, Jesus said he came to bring good news to the poor. He came to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free. Jesus came, went through everything he did for you, for that. And the coolest thing ever, Jesus came to proclaim the year of Jubilee. And I want you to know that whatever you face today, he doesn't care what it is. What, 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 whatever it is today that you are facing, he could, it, it, it's nothing to him. He doesn't care about that. No matter what the debt of sin, he can wipe it out. Uh, he, he can cancel it today, not, not, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, today. Jesus has already paid your debt. You can be free from it. Guys, Jesus is the ultimate good news for you. But lean in now. This good news is not life for everyone. It's only for those who believe it. This good news has always required us to make a decision, and it still does today. Do you believe today? If you truly do today, all over this building, if you do, decide now to turn from your ways, turn away from your ways follow Jesus. Jesus, listen to me very closely, he wants to give you. He wants to give you the best news ever. Not, not tomorrow. Today. He wants to give it to you today. If you believe. If you believe he has a gift for you today that that power of salvation that we were talking about. And the Bible tells us it's a gift to us. So you just, what do we do with gifts? We just receive them. It's really a decision that you make. A heart-changing decision. 
and then the gift is yours. Some of you in the building today need to stop right here and just think about that and maybe make that decision. Maybe we need to just give you time to, to think about that and, and, and make, make a decision here. All heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to give you time. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you're confident. You're confident in your eternal salvation. But you need set free from something else. From something that, that, that's got you held captive here on earth. And whatever it is, good news, guys. Jesus wants to set you free now. He wants to set you free now. Guys, that is the gospel that Jesus brought. He wants to set you free now.